was thinking for the uh, intro, we'll just do uh, Mastered MMA. Mastered <laughs> MMA. Mastered MMA. Mastered MMA. Yeah. And that'd be it. You should have just done that. <laughs> if I wanted. Welcome to another episode of Mustard MMA. Thanks for joining us. We're here to chat all things UFC in a huge week for the UFC. It's already got underway on Saturday. We've got one, a UFC card tomorrow night, and then we've got the big boy, the pay-per-view. It is unfortunately a pay-per-view in the UK as well, but that's coming up on Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday morning. My name is Joe. I'm joined as always by Matthew. Before we get into it, Matt, how are you doing? Hello, Treacle. Hello, hello. I'm very well. I'm very well, as per. Good. How are you getting on, Sam? Yeah, I'm a little bit peaky this week, actually. I've, uh, I feel okay, but I've had a couple of dodgy workouts. I went, I did my run yesterday. I, could, I couldn't really finish it. I had to cut that short. I went down there and did a um, uh, little bit of squatting and deadlifting today. Wasn't really feeling it. Wasn't up to my usual standards. So I think it's a combination of things. I, I think, to be honest, I think the bulk may have to come to an end. Possibly, you know, not, not forever, but I'm getting... Quite a gut on me now. I'm I'm too heavy. I think I think I'm too heavy. I need I need to settle into it a little bit, and then and then go again in in a few months' time. So what, what's what's happened? What's caused this? You seem very despondent. You're not <laughs> giving up the first hurdle, are you? No, I mean I've been doing it for a few months now. I've, uh, a stone has come on. At least a stone, a stone and a few pounds. So uh, I feel like that's quite a lot, uh, and I feel like. It's not probably not at its uh, <laughs> at the not apex. Yeah, not at the apex of performance. I think if you look in the last few weeks, I've probably done <laughs> I've probably done at least five uh, tubes of Pringles, at least. I think over the, sort of the Christmas New Year period, six or seven white chocolate oranges by Terry's to myself. So it's been it's been a dirty bulk, and I think it's time to to put it to one side for the moment. Yeah, I mean. Pringles isn't your traditional bodybuilding. <laughs> not really, there. not really. No, I was spri- the, sprinkling the... protein powder on. <laughs> <laughs> well, these these diets always evolve, and you never know. This That's might it. be the new fad, so if it does work. <laughs> more power to you. But yeah, perhaps you're right. If you put on a stone in the last month, perhaps sort of ease your way into it a little bit more, healthier up the diet. Yes, yeah, and you might be onto a winner. <laughs> All right, so we've got some, uh, like we said, we've got some nice little UFC fights to get into. Well, first of all, we're going to have a look back at the weekend, Saturday night. It was on at a prime time, UK time. We were all loving it. We had the football straight into the UFC. Can't ask for more, really. And it was a cracking fight, wasn't it? We can only really start with the main event because the, the young man himself put on such a show, and that was Max Holloway up against Calvin Qatar. Who, uh, I'm not sure of the odds, but obviously Qatar was, was an uh, under, uh, underdog, wasn't he, in this one? And Max Holloway... Came back and put put on what a lot of people are calling one of the best performances of all time. He's broken records for fight uh, for strikes thrown, strikes landed, and he was outstanding, wasn't he? To be honest, Max won every single round. I think it was what was it three ten eights on a cup on on one of the scorecards at least. So absolutely just just bossed it. Obviously a big shout out to Calvin Qatar for sticking in there and, and going going the full five, which you know isn't much of a um, what's the word. Solace? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't provide much solace for him, but it's all about yeah. Max Holloway, wasn't it? And it, 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 there's plenty to chew on it. You've got title implications, you've got the performance itself. Is he going to get that title back? 
break it down. What, what are you thinking? Well, you mentioned the scores there, 50, 43 twice and one fifty forty two, which says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. But yeah. you look. having said that, you look at it, he, he, he was wearing a bit of uh, claret himself at the end. So Qatar gave as much as he, he got, perhaps Definitely. not as much as he got, but he, he certainly hung in there. So big props to him. I think that fight could have been stopped at any time between the third onwards, really. Herb Dean was letting that slide, didn't give a damn. But the performance, it was a maestro performance, wasn't it, really? I think one of the greatest performances, not just in the featherweight division, in the, the UFC, in a, in a top fight, in a main event, title shot, any one of them. That is one of the, the, the best performances I think I've ever seen, particularly from a striking display. You're looking at Conor McGregor against Eddie Alvarez, Griffin against um, Silva against Griffin. They're the two that stand out to me. Holloway, I think, has probably surpassed both of those. One of the greatest performances I've ever seen. Just ridiculous as well. I, was, I mean, I was watching it with my old man, which was quite entertaining. He, he weren't having any of the showboating that was Max was going on, so he was, was he a not? big Qatar fan in that fifth round. <laughs> but but I, I, I like Max so much. I normally get pissed off with the old showboating, but I thought it was so impressive the way he was doing it, because Qatar is considered to be the, the best boxer in that division. Max was doing that against Qatar. So it, it, I was kind of like letting it slide the old showboating, and I, I thought this is fucking just gangster. So I loved every second of it. And that title is just being kept warm by Alexander Volkanovsky, I think. Well, I, I, did, I did like the showboating, yeah. It was, it's a different kind of show. It was just, yeah, it was just pretty savage. Wasn't it? I'm, not as, I'm not as high on it, to be honest, as, as you. I'm not, it, was, it was brilliant, don't get me wrong, but I feel like there was just a bit of a disparity there between the two men. And I, when you look at the title, you're pretty confident that Max, you know, it is waiting there, keeping warm for him. I don't know, you know, I don't know. I think I think Volkanovski is still improving after their 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 couple of good fights. I think Brian Ortega is certainly in there. I'm not sure the that that, that fight at the weekend really showed us much about what Max uh, is going to do against potentially Ortega and Volkanovski. There was no no change up in the game plan. It was just a boxing match, more or less. I mean, Max showed. A lot of a lot of variety with his, his strikes, didn't he? But it was just a pretty much a stand-up fight for 25 minutes. So I do think it was pretty impressive. I'm not sure it tells me much personally about what would happen against Volkanovski again or against Ortega if he continues on the path that he's on. Joe is not having any of that hype uh, sort of whatsoever. Raining on your parade there. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound like a hater. I don't want to sound like a hater, you know, in quotations, but... Yeah, that's where I'll stand. I think it's refreshing to see someone and not jump on perhaps what everyone is raving about. I think it's quite, uh, yeah, like I say, it's quite refreshing, Joe, <laughs> to get your, your your opinion out there. And so you think, well, jumping on the Volkanovski thing, I think it's testament to how good he is, that them two fights were so close. Yeah. And then Max goes on to put a performance like this. I think for me, it's more so the, I think a lot of people thought Max might, because he started so early, that he sort of, peaked a bit early in his career and even though he's at 29 he might be on the back nine already mm. I think this performance just showed that he is going to stick around and that he's he's back better than ever but you make a very good point that there was no resting really in that fight and I think Volkanovski is going to show be a completely different fight for him yeah. as will Ortega I think so I do think Whoever so it is. but we might as well let, 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 let's consider he does go back and he, he does come back and win Win the title, like you say, he's only twenty nine. He'd probably be thirty. He probably would, you know, 
won the title, defended it, lost it, come back, won it again by the time he's 30. A pretty amazing career. I mean, how, how would it compare to some previous comebacks? If you look at people like Stipe Miocic, came back, beat Daniel Cormier to win his belt. John Jones, of course, came back, beat Daniel Cormier a couple of times to regain his belt after losing it outside the octagon for his antics. Dominic Cruz, another big comeback after injury later on in his career. That was impressive. GSP, another one who, you know, uh, wasn't maybe so much of a gap as such in between, but still he came back and he retained his title. Would you reckon if, would, if Max came back and did that in this division, would that impress you more? Yeah, I think a lot of the fighters who have come back after long dominant reigns, like Dominic Cruz, Matt Hughes, uh, people like that, they've never gone on to sort of have that same sort of dominance within their second reign. But you mentioned GSP there. He lost it quite early in his career, then got it back then and on his run. John Jones, like you say, barely even lost it in yeah. fights. <laughs> Threw that away outside the cage. Stipe's probably the, the one that I would say that he's probably most likely to replicate. Stipe, one of the most winningest champions of all yeah, time. Great American word. Great, great word. I don't <laughs> think it's a real word, lads, over there. So. Lo- loses it and comes back and he looks like he might go on a bit of a dominant run again. So uh, out of them lot, I, I think Max will, if he does get that belt back off Volkanovsky or Ortega, whoever it may be, I think we will see him go on another dominant run. So much like Stipe as opposed to to one of your others like Cruz or Hughes or something like that. What do you think? Yeah. Or does he win it back at all? Well, yeah, like I say, I'm not sure. But I think if he does, if he if he shows that in his next couple of fights, then, yeah, by all means, I think he could go on for another five years at least, couldn't he? Easily, really, if he wanted to. So, yeah, I mean, if he does, if he's got it in him to, to go back and win the title again, I would back him to hold on to it for a little while. Would you make of him calling out the winner of this week's? Yeah. Not the winner, uh, if someone drops out, if someone drops out, that? yeah, it was a laugh, wasn't it? I, I, like you say, he um, he did take a little bit of damage, so I'm not sure what the medical team and stuff would say about that, whether seven days or whatever it ends up is enough. But uh, I'd like to see it. It would be it would be a gangster move, wouldn't it? As they say, as they say, indeed. A couple of other gangsters were in a co-main, weren't they? Yeah, I love this one. Yeah, I was looking forward to it, and I, I did enjoy it. I was rooting for Matt Brown a little bit, but I'm not disappointed to see Carlos Condit get the win. I thought it was a good fight. Uh, two old legends. Condit performed quite well, I thought. Like I said, that's what kind of kind of upset my prediction a little bit in in beating Matt Brown. Uh, but that was that was Condit's last fight on his contract with the UFC, and then Matt Brown himself. He's he's been around for a, a long a long time now. Obviously, where do you see these two men going from here? I, I, like you say, I think they both performed pretty admirably. I thought Condit, before this one and the last fight, I thought he looked like completely shot. Yeah, he, he had did. retired before that. But he's come back really well, hasn't he? So I, I think he'll definitely... Well, I didn't even realise that was his last fight on his contract, Joe, so he broke that news <laughs> for me. But I'd like to see him stick around. In one of these legends fights, you know, like Diego Sanchez, someone like that. One of them old, old school welterweights from his era. I'd like to see him stick around. Same goes for Matt Brown. There's still a place for these sort of fighters. As long as they're matched correctly, they're matched against hungry young lions who are clearly coming up through their career as when these lads are, what, are they, late thirties, early forties going to be soon. It's not right. But if they're matching up against each other, like this match up on Saturday, I'm, I'm well up for seeing them stick around. Whether they can do anything, any damage in a division, probably not. But 
I'd, I'd like to see, I'll tell you what, the Carlos Condit, the Robbie Lawler rematch. And five years ago, there was that epic welterweight title fight. Could have gone either way. Lawler got the decision. I'd like to see that rematch. I think that'd be a great one. Lawler hasn't exactly been himself the last few fights anyway. So, perfect match for me. Matt Brown, someone of that ilk and all. <laughs> yeah, that's a fantastic shot there. I do like that. So obviously there was a it was a good card, wasn't it, at the weekend? I enjoyed it, top to bottom, really. And we're gonna have a little shout out of some in there. Obviously the leech, Li Jing Liang, upsetting in a way Santiago Ponzinibbio in his return bout, KO'd him first round. Very impressed with that one. Uh, very impressed with his sort of celebration, jumping onto the cage, leech, <laughs> giving it, giving it all that. I did enjoy that. I did enjoy that. So. Yeah, congratulations to that, man. It's a big win for him, actually. That is a that is a huge win for him, to be fair. That is a big question mark, wasn't it? Ponsonibio, uh, two and a half years, whatever it was, out of the cage. It didn't look too bad, but he just knocked him into next week, that left hand. And like you say, the celebration was exceptional. I, I was lucky enough to receive a text from you saying, Leech, <laughs> as well. Yeah. So I got, I got bubble bubble on the night. Another big upset. <laughs> upset. Another big upset as well. Joaquin Buckley coming in off two KOs, KO of the year included in that. And our man, Alessio de Chirico, coming off the back of three losses, smashes him, KO, head kick, first round. You'd love to see it. Our man, our man de Chirico, <laughs> who we'd probably never heard of about two weeks ago. Yeah, he just, I don't know what he was trying to do, if he was going for a shot or he was expecting the kick and tried to get under him. I mean, I'm no fighter, so I don't know the, the thought process there, but. Caught him clean, didn't he? He did. So no one was expecting that. That was a fantastic strike. Uh, nearly as good as his interview after. He was like, <laughs> yeah. didn't look very happy. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure I even agree with him that you should interview someone who's just been knocked out, to be honest. I'm not, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I get what was... he's saying. It does take two men to make a fight, doesn't it? But uh, I don't know. Yeah, tough one. To be honest, I, I don't think I'd fancy it if I just lost as well. Yeah, yeah. Get me out of it. You lost. Uh, t- tell me about how you just lost. Yeah. No, how I don't want it? to. And Anik looked as bemused as anyone, and, yeah. and he sort of just walked off. He done it so, in the press conference after as well. Done the same thing. Oh, he did it to Morgzy, didn't he? Yeah. Boy Morgzy. Yeah. yeah, so. But, yeah. yeah, a fantastic result for him, though. He, he was back was against the wall. Oh, Buckley, brilliant. Uh, Flavor of the month, and then Gun knocks him out and keeps his job. So, yeah, you've you got to love that. I mean, this this fight card delivered, particularly on that main card, knockout after knockout after knockout, um, which was preceded by my boy getting yeah. knocked out. The big uh, big pick, <laughs> Todorovic, the next big thing, the serve. He's 26, he's 10-0, he's a tank. <laughs> he got dropped three times in the first round and got finished by your boy, Soriano. Punahele, he looked good, didn't he? Actually, he looks like a real contender in there. Got cracking wrestling by all accounts and didn't even have to use it, really. It's always a threat, isn't it, when people know you've got it. But, yeah, looked very exciting. And on the undercard, another one I picked. Heavyweights. Joe, did you have a chance to see this one? I did. I watched it today, so it's fresh in my mind. Good fight. It's it's always entertaining seeing these uh, type of heavyweights, sort of, um, you know, larger heavyweights, if I could put it that way. It's just it's just entertaining to see. I do enjoy it. Uh, decent, decent fight, decent win. I've, I've seen Taffer a couple of times. He's been on some sort of big cards, I think. Or maybe it's just because there's been one every week for a month that it seems that way. But Carlos Boy Philippe, great nickname. 
good win. 10 and 1 now. It's a, that's an impressive record. And I reckon they're probably going to throw him against someone decent now. Not, you know, not decent as if Taffer isn't decent, but a bigger name. Don't worry, Joe. Taffer's not going to listen and come after you. Don't worry. Taffer looked good, I thought. Yeah. I thought he looked very composed. I thought he looked good. But Felipe, you know, he's just been around the block and it was just a fantastic fight. I hope they get... You, you looked at that and thought this, these two are going to get a fight of the night here. And obviously they didn't. Hmm. So hopefully they've got some kind of... Little bonus. bonus. Something like that. Because obviously they're lower down the car. They won't be getting paid as much as the top boys. And uh, I think they deserved it after that performance. Pick it at heavyweight. 15 minutes of just pure... S- slugging it out it must be yeah. well deserved if they did get out and a fantastic fight so great card all round let's have a look at this week's news starting off for the 15th week in a row Leon Edwards against Hamzat it's back on we've got a date March the 13th stonking UFC card on March the 13th not much more to say, but we're still looking forward to that as much as we were last week and the week before that. Another one, this one, an old school, an old school year boy of ours, Jezzinho Rosenstrike, the big heavyweight. Obviously, had a, you know, he suffered a loss against Francis, but he's still early on in his MMA career. It's going up against Cyril Garn, Garnet. So that is just going to be a huge fight. That is, this is a big test for Garn. It's kind of early, I would say. To be, to be throwing him against Rosenstroke. I know I just said he's a bit inexperienced as well, but he's more experienced than Garn. So, I mean, it's going to be an absolute blockbuster. I would have thought, I can't wait to see it. Someone is definitely going to sleep in that one. So that's going to be absolutely amazing. But yeah, possibly a little bit of rush for Garn here, do you think? I mean, if he wins, obviously not. It's the problem with the heavyweights, isn't it? It's just such a shallow division and you get thrown in against someone like Junior DeSantos who's probably still quite highly ranked. So yeah. there's only one way you can really go there. And and that's up. And that's where Rosenstrike is. You never know if he's... He's, he's get very good on the ground, Garn. It's quite underrated there. So I wouldn't be surprised to see this go to the ground and try and get a win there because obviously Rosenstrike's good on the feet. But I, I agree with you, I think someone's going to sleep in this one pretty early and all. Another fight that's been... So that was March the 13th. That one, same as Edwards, Chimaev. Another one that's been announced for this one. The issue man, Ryan Hall. He's back. Everyone's sort of favourite fighter, really. Tough. He, he doesn't fight that often, but it's always entertaining when he does, just because he looks at least like a fighter, possibly, out of anyone in the UFC, and then goes out there and snaps people's legs off, which is quite entertaining. He's up against Dan Ige, so a good test. Ige is ranked, I believe, in that division, so that's going to be an exciting one as well. Yeah, very inconsistent with his regularity of fighting, but when every time he does, he just looks like a puzzle that's too difficult to solve. And that's Dan Ige's job, March 13th. But I'm, I'm always excited to see Ryan Hall. I want to see him climb the rankings, start fighting them top 10 guys and see if he can actually do it in that top five region. So, yeah, cracking, cracking cut that's turning out to be. Yeah, of course, we've got Darren, the dentist, Stuart, on that one as well. Against your boy, Eric Anders. Yeah, that so one that's, is... That's a, he's that's actually... Oh, it's a tough fight. I was just going to say, he's actually got your boy as a nickname. We've been saying your boy quite a lot this episode, but... That one actually fits. Yeah, perhaps we should stop that. It's too shabby. <laughs> and I'm not yeah, a huge Brendan Sharp fan. We'll outlaw it as of now. So yeah. don't worry, listeners, if you've already uh, turned off. <laughs> but yeah, excellent fight for the dentist. I think, I think he was hard done by in that Holland fight. I really wanted to... This is a big name, Derek Anders. He's well-known. 
and he, he's he's very good. He's he's, crack, he's pushing that top fifteen as well. So I think the winner of this will find himself probably in that top fifteen and ready for a big twenty twenty one. But that card in general, stacked already, isn't it? It's just a fight night as well. It's not a pay per view or anything. Yeah, super. He- headed up by the Ross and Rachel of the UFC at a minute. <laughs> will they? Yeah. Yeah. Will, they currently will. They're on. They're not on a break at the minute. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that sticks together. If that goes again, that's. Oh. You've just got to give up the ghost, haven't you? I reckon so. Yeah, do it. Like Fight someone else first. Yes. Sack it. <laughs> but as it is, it's on. It's going on. So, fingers crossed. March 13th. Plenty of time for something to go wrong there. And then a couple of weeks after that, it's been confirmed. Volkse, Alexander Volkanovsky is up against Brian Ortega. March the 27th. So, that'll be for the featherweight title. And so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Max might get a little fight in beforehand. Uh, it's tough because if you look at the rankings, I mean, Max is number one. There's there's no one else to fight. So I guess you might be waiting around a little while for Max to fight unless he either fights at lightweight, maybe he feels in next week, or DC might even come out of retirement. He might be tempted to fight him. <laughs> he keeps calling him out. So I'd like to see that. It's been bubbling over, hasn't it? Yes. It's been bubbling over that rivalry nicely. So that's the money fight, man. The money fight. Catch weight. And obviously, we are recording on Tuesday evening. This episode is going to go out on Wednesday. So if you are listening to it on the Wednesday, there is another UFC card on tonight. Get ready. I think the prelims start at 3 p.m., I saw. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be lovely, isn't it? But we covered them last week. So it's just a quick shout-out to Lerone Murphy, Tom Breeze, and Mason Jones. Obviously, uh, Mason Jones making his debut. That's going to be very exciting. Tom Breeze. Up against a big name in Akhmedov. I think he's probably going to push himself right into the top 10 with a win here. I do think he gets the job done as well. <clears throat> and of course, Lerone Murphy. He's got a great backstory. And he's on He's on the main card. Uh, opening up the main card, I do believe. And I think he should get a win there. And the UFC seems to like him. So I think he could very well be in top 10 himself after this. Yeah, good luck to all the Brits. I think, uh, I think all three are going to get that done. And it'd be lovely to watch it. A reasonable hour. Um, my productivity in the afternoons of work this week hasn't been great so tomorrow it's going to be even worse with the <laughs> UFC on but cracking though good luck to all of them and that rounds off the news so as I just mentioned we have already previewed the Wednesday card so we're going to move straight on to the pay-per-view at the weekend it's a big one is the return of the main man of the UFC uh just I mean I, I, I just our Instagram's been blowing up at the weekend. Obviously, you had a couple of people sort of rowing back and forth from one of your comments. And it is McTapper, as the man was mentioning. McTapper. <laughs> Conor McGregor is back this weekend. And he's up against Dustin Poirier, the rematch. This one is up at lightweight. And we we don't know if it's going to be... It's not for the title at the moment, but you never know what's going to come out of this one. I would, I would think if you're going to get a win here, you're going to do yourself no harm whatsoever in terms of picking up that title. But... It's one I'm looking forward to. Obviously, Conor McGregor brings a lot of, um, not baggage necessarily, but the whole Ferrari around him brings baggage. The media get involved. It just turns into a, a big event. But I'm excited to see Conor McGregor, the fighter, back this weekend. I am looking forward to it. I do think he probably picks up the win here against Dustin Poirier. Mate, I, think it's, I think it's a tough one. I expect Poirier to put on a better show than he did in the first, first fight. Uh, I think, obviously, Conor's come out and said he's going to, it's going to do him in 60 seconds. I think a few people are predicting first round KOs. I do think Dustin Poirier is a little bit too good for that. He went, he, he, I mean, he, he went a few rounds with Gaethje, didn't he, before picking up the win. 
So I think Gaethje's, you know, obviously McGregor, they're slightly different styles, aren't they, in terms of how they transfer their power. But two both very powerful men, and Dustin did well to deal with that. So I do think, I do think we're going to get a very, I don't, I think we're going to get a good fight. I think we're going to get a, a pretty decent three, four rounds out of it, and I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, I do think McGregor picks up the win here. Probably, probably finishes him eventually, maybe round three or four or something like that. Just just in terms of volume and stuff like that. But I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm, I'm interested to see how Poirier approaches the fight itself. Well, uh, I do like your breakdown there, Joe. I think you've nailed a few points. I think with Poirier, I think it's just he can be a bit of a slow star, which I think ties into the McGregor being a fast star, and then two plus two is four sort mm-hmm. of thing. But we know MMA doesn't really work like that. I hope not anyway, for the sake of the spectacle. I think it it's got all the makings to be an absolute classic if Poirier yeah. can sort of get out of that first round. I think it is a dangerous time to, to be in there with McGregor in the first round, particularly if you're a slow starter yourself. But if you can get past that, I mean, have you ever seen Connor in a brawl? Really never really see him in a brawl and a, a Diaz and fights. Him. The Diaz fights and he come out of them. He lost one of them, yeah. <laughs> lost one of them. Yeah. And then uh, the other one, he come out just about. Yeah. Squeak yeah. through a decision. True. So I think if he's doing that with Dustin Poirier in the later rounds, I think he could be in trouble. Well, the Holloway, Poirier, what about Holloway fight? First fight? Did you? Would you count that? For Connor? Mm. Uh, no, I, I think he sort of pretty much shut him out then. Different mm. max, though. Yeah. But I think with Poirier fight... I where I was there. Yeah, sorry. I just interrupted you. Yeah, <laughs> where was I? Talking about Connor in the, in the later rounds. He's never gone through a brawl. Someone like Poirier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was it. And it's Poirier's job to uh, drag him into that sort of fight, into the later rounds. And I think that's where the, the big questions are going to get answered. Connor has been doing a lot of a lot of strength work and stuff. Is he going to be have the conditioning to make it into those later rounds? I've always got a question mark over Poirier's injuries. I think he always seems to be not over injuries. So when he was ready for the... But he was meant to be fighting Diaz one point. He, there was hip problems. Yeah. Yeah, the hooker fight, he said he never really sort of got over the injury and he needed a rest. But I don't know. I've just always got question marks over him. I just never think he's fully fit. And that worries me about his chances in the fight. I hope he can be at his, at his premium. We obviously, hope for the same for Connor because we never know what he's going to be like. Yeah. If he's anything like the Cowboy fight, though, I think it's going to be a pretty spectacular performance from Connor. I hope... I, I don't know. Out of the two, I do... I love Poirier. I think he's must-see TV. And I'm, I've never been Connor's greatest fan, particularly in the last few years. But I think just the, the doors it opens up for the division and the fights it can make, for the UFC and for the fans, you probably think Connor winning is probably the better outcome. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that. And as a Poirier fan, and not so much a Connor fan, it pains me to say that a little bit. But if Poirier wins, I don't know where you see him going from here. We've just seen him about a year ago tap out. To Khabib, obviously Connor did as well, but that was a long time ago. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't see how, where this goes. The odds are saying heavily in Connor's favour, but I was looking at Paddy Power, so that might be a little <laughs> yeah. bit, bit biased that one. But I think with a heavy heart, I'm probably leaning towards Yuja. I think in maybe a finish. But if Poirier takes it to a later rounds into a brawl, I think we could see Connor fatigue and see what Poirier did to Alvarez and Gaethje and wear them down. So I haven't really given you an answer there, have I? <laughs> I think I think I tend to agree. I think McGregor winning would just lead to a little bit more excitement in that division. 
I, do, I would still like to see McGregor go on a, a nice run of putting three or four, maybe even five fights together consecutively. Obviously, winning them on the way would be helpful. And, and just to see where he could go with it, like he did in his first stint, really. Whether or not he's going to do that, I don't know. I mean, if, if Conor McGregor wins and then, like, he's, I don't know, he's retiring again because they're not paying him enough money, and then Poirier's got to come back and fight someone for another number one contender, then you might think, all right, that's a little bit annoying. But I do think, yeah, potentially there is, there is more more stuff going on there. And then that kind of leads into the, to the co-main event, which is also in the lightweight division. You've got Dan Hooker, who uh, Poirier obviously beat. He's up against Michael Chandler, who's making his debut in the USC. So I'm interested to see what, what Chandler's about. I've only seen bits here and there, so I can't pretend to know a ton about him. But I'm certainly interested to see how he gets on against Dan Hooker. I guess on paper, you're looking at Dan Hooker. He's a striker. He's a brawler, if you could call him that, without, without sounding too disrespectful. Up against Chandler, who's got a bit more wrestling in his locker. And you would imagine on paper, there is that skill gap there. So this is a big fight. I'm looking forward to it. But as I say, for the, I'm a big fan of Dan Hooker and that, that gym and that crowd that they've got going on on that side of the world at the moment. But I'm kind of... Looking forward to seeing what Chandler's got in his locker. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm not a big Bellator guy, purely because I don't know how to watch it. <laughs> and I think, yeah, we, it's, it's difficult to sort of pick Chandler over Hooker. It's more mm. uh, show me what you've got sort of thing. And I also, it's, I've, I think I've got a bad Hooker in this purely because I know what he's about and I know what he can do. I've seen his improvements. He, hang in, he hung in there with Poirier, who's one of the best ever. And he, he took him to task there and sort of was unlucky to not get a decision in the end. Probably rightly so, but he was pushing him right to the wire. With Chandler, I think I've got that sort of Bren Askren mm. in the back of my head. These be- these, these Joe Rogan hyped fighters coming across. Um, yeah, we need to bring Chandler across. We need to bring Askren across. I think I've got that Askren thing in my head still. So I'm not fully gassed about Chandler just yet until I've seen him. So I think I'm going to have to go with Hooker purely based on that. Like you say, though, he seems a bit more well-rounded. He's got that wrestling. He's got striking as well from highlights I've seen in a couple of fights. But he has lost recently to Pitbull in Bellator. So he's not exactly on a, an amazing tear at the minute as it is anyway. I think he's mid-30s, pushing, pushing towards 40. So it's now or never for Chandler. But I'd, I'd like to see uh, Dan Hooker get it done. He, look, he improves with every fight. Yes, it, even against, like, you look back to the Barboza fight, he got, got chewed up a little bit of the legs and also in the Poirier fight. But he's ever improving, and I think we're going to see uh, an even better hangman this weekend. I, I think he gets the, the win over Chandler. Yeah, I think I have to agree. Like you say, a bit of an unknown quantity, but I do have a little bit of a, a feeling, much like you. If I, if I had to lean one way or the other, I would lean towards Chandler you know, not being the next lightweight champion in the UFC. So I, I do, my guess would be that Dan Hooker's going to have a bit too much for him, but you never know because there was some news at the weekend, big news, an announcement of sorts at the UFC from Dana White. He had it was, it was, he obviously had a sit-down with Khabib Namagomedov to, to talk about his future. And so he came out and he announced that he'd spoken to Khabib. He's basically said that if someone does something exciting, this weekend, he might come back and fight him. So, uh, my the way I translated that was uh, that Khabib said, "Nah, I ain't coming back at the moment." And Dana's kind of come away with this little uh, story because when you look at it, like you say, he tapped Dustin Poirier out. 
you know, a few months ago that even if, if Poirier comes out and smashes McGregor, what's the point in doing that fight again? That ain't happening. He said he doesn't want the Connor fight. I kind of feel like at the moment, with the stage he's at in life, with everything that's gone through, I don't know if he would really want that fight at the moment and all just that aggro, to be honest. So I can't really see that. Dan Hooker, if Dan Hooker gets a big win against Charlo this weekend and Ed kicks him into smithereens, is Khabib going to come back and fight Dan Hooker for the title? Like, you know, no disrespect, that's not happening. So the only way, the only thing I can possibly see is if Michael Charlo comes out of here and just blows Dan Hooker away in a round, would Khabib go like, all right, I'll give that a go? You've just read my mind. I think that's the only option um, to add on to that. If Oliveira was going to get the shot, you wouldn't have to wait till this weekend to give it to him because he's he can't perform any better than he did the other <laughs> yeah. week. He's not fighting. So yeah. I think you, you've nailed it there. Beat Connor, don't want the ag. Poirier beat recently. Gaethje choked out last year. He's not coming back for a super fight against Dan Hooker. No disrespect, but he's not a big enough name yet. I think I think you nailed it. If Chandler and uh, on Oliveira, he's already fought. He would have picked a fight him already if that was the case. So I think Chandler, it's a big opportunity for him to make a name for himself on a card where there's going to be a shit ton of people watching it. Make your name for yourself Saturday night and then put your name into that hat, man. I think I think Khabib would probably do it. If, if, say Chandler won, McGregor won. Would you put it past him to do it and give it to Chandler just to piss off McGregor as well? Or is that not in his makeup? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if that's in his makeup. Like I say, I think as time goes on, and maybe as like you know, without getting too deep, like his grief subsides a little bit, his money, and maybe his his life at home becomes a little bit boring. Possibly, I think maybe then you'd look back to come, you'd look to come back and think, well, I've got that, I've got that title fight in my locker or whatever. But yeah, I'm just not sure he's really in that frame of mind at the moment. Because I don't know the man. I've ne- I've never met him before. But that's um, my that is my that is my guess. So how do you see this division playing out, Joe? I'm just going to lay a few numbers onto you. A couple of ranking numbers. Mm. You've got Connor at four, Poirier at two, Hooker at six. Obviously, Chandler's not ranked. First, it's his debut. Yeah. Gaethje at one, Oliveira at three, RDA at seven, Ferguson at five. How, how the hell would you play this one out? I mean, if you're, you're Dana White, uh, what, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think kind of fortunately in this situation, Dana doesn't seem too fussed about taking the title away from Khabib. It seems like he wants to keep Khabib's name there at the top with the title so he can leave that door open for him. So I think in that case, that maybe gives you a little bit of leeway to have these fights at the weekend and then look to set up a uh, interim title fight, something like that, which is, oh, yeah, I don't mind. It would depend on the circumstances, I suppose, but... Then maybe you can throw in an interim title fight and then, or maybe not even that, maybe just, let's say, Connor and Chandler win this weekend. Do you book them? Then you book Oliveira Gaethje and then you get a winner out of that for an interim title or something like that. So, I mean, I think there is plenty of options. I think if Dan Hooker, I mean, if Dan Hooker wins, fair play, he deserves the opportunity. If Dustin Poirier wins, it's not that he doesn't deserve the opportunity, but he's had the interim title. He fought Khabib for the title. All quite recently, so I think it depends who wins. To be honest, I think I think it depends who wins, and then you've got Oliveira and Gaethje ready to throw in the mix. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? I think you're going to need with someone like Poirier winning. You're going to need to see something else other than just this Connor win. You're going to need to see him go again. It's too fresh in the mind the Khabib fight. Uh, you got Brian to the night uh, into the hat. 
Diaz as well, as much as you probably turn your nose up at that, he's rumoured to fight Gaethje as well. So what a great fight that is, by the way. Yeah, definitely. He beats Gaethje. Gaethje's number one in the ranking. And he got Connor, Connor Diaz for the lightweight title. It's going to happen. So I think... <laughs> just get just ready. Prepare yourself for it. Does anyone have Diaz to be the champion in 2021? <laughs> no, not that I've seen. Not yet. Someone out there must have. It's a bit of a clusterfuck, isn't it? It's, there's no real direction with the lightweights at the minute. Probably not helped by uh, Khabib's not saying if he's going to come back or not. Although, fairness to Khabib, he's kind of said, I'm not, I'm, I'm not coming back. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's more Dana pressure to sort of want to keep him hanging about because he knows how much money that Conor rematch is going to make. And you bet your bottom dollar if Conor gets any sort of win this weekend. That, it's not going to be spectacular or anything. You could eke out a decision. Dana's going to be hammering home that fight because that's the, that's the one that's going to make the most money. The problem is getting Khabib to come out and fight him. But I think, in short, I think Conor and Hooker are going to get the job done this weekend. I think Hooker won't be anywhere near this title chat, unfortunately. I think this fight's only on here as a backup to the main event. I think it's just a bit of a smokescreen from, from Dana to say whoever gets the most spectacular win <laughs> is going to fight Khabib. I think it's all bollocks. I don't think really in truth. Can you see Hooker or Chanda really fighting Khabib? It's all about Connor, isn't it, at the end of the day? Whether you like it or not, McTapper, as your <laughs> yeah. boy says. Instagram's a funny old place, isn't it? It is weird, isn't it? I like these it, fight- but it's, uh, yeah. These, these, these fighters live rent-free in some people's heads, I think. They do. Uh, they really don't like them. They, so. <laughs> yeah, it's personal. It's quite entertaining for personal. a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Huh? It's, like, it's personal, isn't it? Like, it really hurts them. Yeah, I mean, you talk about McTapper and then, like, Oliveira deserves a shot. I think Oliveira's lost more by sub in the UFC than McGregor. (laughs) And that's from an Oliveira fan. So, who knows? It's a funny old world, the MMA fans. Why can't we all just get along? It's a decent card this weekend, though, the pay-per-view. It's got some good old fights on there as well. One to look out for, Joanne Calderwood up against Jessica Rye. Obviously, Calderwood didn't have the best of years in the end last year, but... Couple of wins here, she could be right back in the mix, and I do expect her to get a win over Jessica Rye, who's looked decent recently as well. And then in the uh, division below that, earlier on in the card, you've got Amanda Hebas, who's back up against Marina Rodriguez, so that'd be a good fight as well. Obviously, Amanda Hebas, 10 and 1 record. I think she's unbeaten in the UFC, beat Mackenzie Dern, so she looks like a real good prospect. So, a couple of good fights in the female side of the UFC there. Yeah, obviously, Hebas, my pick to win the title. She's on quite a run at the minute, so I fully expect her to get a win at the weekend. Jojo, she's, yes, it was disappointing, but Jessica Rye is still ranked pretty highly, and I think hmm. it's such a, a growing division. Jojo, all she needs to do is get one or two wins. She's right back up there, perhaps, hopefully, for a title shot against Shevchenko. So, yeah, um, not all bad news for her. She can get a win this weekend. She's right back in there, so good luck to her. And then a... a- Fight I'm really looking forward to on the prelims. You've got Arman Saryukian against Nazrat Hatparast. Two fantastic fighters in the lightweight division. I think Hatparast lost his last one. And Saryukian, is, I think he lost his first one and he's coming back, or bouncing back off a win or two. So two outstanding fighters, got all the skills, got like, kind of pretty exciting uh, style. So that's going to be a really good matchup. Then, of course, another one of our favourites, Khalil Roundtree. Junior, the man who went away to Thailand and came back as a Muay Thai fighter. Coming back off a defeat, I believe, in his, his last fight, but he's always exciting. He's up against Marcin Praknio on the prelims, who 
I haven't heard of, so I'm looking out for my man, Khalil Roundtree there. Listen, there's some absolutely sort of unknown names on there that we're going to deliver this weekend. Obviously, the names you've mentioned as well, we're looking forward to see. But um, something struck me. I watched the Embedded, and Matt Ravola. I think he, I don't know who he fights out, but I've heard of him because I've seen him fight before. He said, he just stuck it in there at the end. Uh, it's, I've got a massive challenge ahead of me, blah, 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 on a massive Conor McGregor card. And I think that stuck, stuck me because all these fighters making their, I don't know, their debuts or making a name for themselves, they know what a big stage this is. They're all being put on here. They know how big it is to be on a Conor McGregor card. And I think that's going to translate to the prelims and the early fights on the main card. I think you're going to see unknowns make a name for themselves because they know how many people are watching. You've got the fans in there as well. And I think it's going to be um, it's an added sprinkle, to particularly those early prelims as well. So tune in early and I think we're going to see uh, fireworks. Yeah, going to be a good one, isn't it? So that about wraps us up, young Matthew. Wraps us up nice and tight. <laughs> it was a good one, that. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to I'm going to soak in all the content this week. Get on YouTube, watch all the countdowns, all that. Get right up for it. What's your plan for Saturday? Are you going to stay up? Not sure, no. I'll probably record it, to be honest. You know, that, I, you're probably right. But <laughs> with the, con, it, the scope for a spoiler when there's a Conor McGregor fight, yeah. it's just you get people in WhatsApp groups who never mention fighting. See McGregor last night? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't have to now, do I? But... Yeah, my, my plan is always get up at 3 p.m., record the prelims, watch the main card live, and then play the prelims in between the filler on the live fights. So and that's always a good little technique. It's served me well over the years, so um, I don't have to sit through all the guff. I do like that technique. That's a good one. Uh, that'll be what I, uh, the technique I'll use if I ever do stay up for them. So that about wraps us up. Like I say, thank you very much for listening. Please do check us out on social media. We've got Twitter, which is Mustard MMA, and we've got Instagram, which is at the Mustard MMA. And like I say, that one is starting to pop off a little bit. We are getting, we are starting to get the hang of it. We're getting involved. Obviously, we're too kind of, uh, we're at the back end of millennials, I would say, aren't we? So we're not completely au fait with all this social media lot, but we are getting there. So please do check us out. Give us a like on any of your podcast applications as well. Subscribe, leave a comment. All that good stuff if you can, that would mean a lot. But yeah, I hope you enjoy the card at the weekend. And if this is Wednesday, I hope you can enjoy the card tonight or even that you are watching right now. It's going to be a couple of good ones with obviously Connor's back at the weekend. And we are all excited for that. So thanks very much. We'll catch you next week. Oh, yes.